Passionate Teachers, a podcast for teachers of English. We told two episodes ago that we were going to interview a diva, the diva. <laughs> And then just early, Jesse got super angry. She said, oh no, you gave a spoiler. And this is the yeah. only sole reason why I have makeup on, because... Yes, I'm not wearing a lipstick from MAC today, but I like sometimes. <laughs> You're wearing a red lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> So welcome to our podcast. Today we will have here with us Tammy from Simplifica. She's the owner of Simplifica. She's the idealist of Simplifica. She's the diva of makeup. This is why we are all beautiful and perfumed. She is also the person that makes me want to have better breakfasts because her brunches are super cool. So whenever I do my pancakes or my whatevers, then I, I take a picture and I send it to her. <laughs> this, is, this is all true admiration because you have a funky personality that normally it's taken in a different direction. And I super admire because you're super original in our field, right? It's, oh. a, it's a different thing. She's a gamer. She has gamer chairs. I don't know if she's a gamer, but she has a gamer chair. She was the first one. She, she was the first one to talk about gamer chairs in the beginning of the pandemic. She made everybody buy colorful chairs. <laughs> uh, I love to see Cookie and the cats. Mm, yes, they're not here now, but then uh, Cookie's around with Amanda. <laughs> and a big fan of Harry Potter and a super incentivator for people to go to Osasco to eat the very famous hot dog from Osasco. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you so much. Well, the pleasure is mine. I, I feel, you know, flattered to have been invited to be here today, uh, especially because the project that you are, actually the project that you girls are taking, you know, forward it is something that I really admire uh, talking about ELT being passionate about what you do it is something that I look up to so I look up to all of you thank you so much all of your clues are always welcome right girls yeah. sure Okay, but I did not tell who, whoever is listening who you really are, because this is what we know from you. This is what we <laughs> see in media, and we know you're very capable. And uh, I met you in Troika many, many, many years ago. At that time, do you remember that people used to go to places and actually touch people and talk to yes. people? And have cafezinho. And right now, this is all gone. And all what we are left with is this. And in the beginning of the pandemic, I followed many teachers that were talking about how they also suffered with the pandemic. And then mm -hmm. we identified. And then lots of people started to follow you more closely because we identified with everything that was going on. And you were online. We were not. So this is one of the things that I think that the teachers that are listening to us, they have in their mind that in the beginning of the pandemic, you were all calm, trying to, to maintain your head above your shoulders. And even gym, you didn't go to gym anymore. You recently came back. So my first question is, you see the impact media has in your professional career. So Definitely. my first question is about media. Some people do media on purpose, some people don't. Tell us about mm -hmm. your media. How do you work it out? 
Well, um, it is a love and hate relationship, I would say, because um, being on social media has helped me to make to establish some bonds, to to build some rapport, so meet people that I wouldn't have met if it weren't for social media. But then, uh, on the other hand, it is a bit tiring, I would say, because people see one percent of my whole life. And then they make their own assumptions about my successes, my achievements. But little do they know that I work until late. Um, it's not a bed of roses being this entrepreneur that I am today. My story uh, actually started back in 2016. It was when I first started teaching online. I started with this one student. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know anything about Did online graduate teaching. graduate from Letras? I did. I've got a bachelor's degree in languages, Portuguese and English from Universidade de São Paulo. And but I I want I didn't want to be a teacher at a regular school. So all of the courses, all of the choices that I made in the past, they were connected to teaching English at institutes and teaching privately. So I took a TESOL certificate from Anaheim and later on I took a CELTA certificate. Uh, so I I wanted to teach English to other people, to adults. Uh, actually, one of my focus was to be a teacher for adults. But then um, the thing is, in 2016, I had no training about online teaching. And then I started learning more about the online environment because I started following people on social media. So for me, it was something great because I could see that people were, you know, performing really well at this hill. And then I would be able to do the same. So back in 2016, I had a very little training from some courses, free workshops, and then things that I dug into because we didn't have much access to, to online teaching. Nobody was talking about it, you know, like we're doing nowadays. And the thing is, when I first started being an online teacher, I didn't have much training. So what I did was trying to do on my own. Because of people on social media, I started, you know, shaping the way that I would like to work. So what happened was back in 2018, I decided to resign from a job that I didn't like. You were working in a, in a private school? Actually, I resigned from a school here in Sao Paulo, a, a large school that we have here, because I was not happy. And then I received this job proposal to work in Minas Gerais. And then I moved all the way I to remember. Minas Gerais. I yes. And then I kind of regretted moving at first, but I believe that everything happens for a reason. So we are here in this universe because we've got a mission. There's something we need to do here. Then I decided to resign again. So I resigned from two good jobs at the same year. And then when I came back to Sao Paulo, I back then I had four or five online students, but I didn't consider them as like, you know, something serious. I was just teaching them. I was, you know, making some money out of it. But I thought that I would need to have this elite job that we mm-hmm. we aim at when we don't know how you know, to be entrepreneurs. So then I decided to, you know, I believe that's my call. I'm going to set out this new business. I'm going to start advertising my classes. And social media, again, helped me a lot. What I mean when I say it's a love and hate relationship, it is because people, they believe that um, being this person that I am nowadays, it is something that was done overnight. <laughs> so having students, talking to teachers, it doesn't happen overnight. You need to, you know, sometimes um, face lots of difficulties, uh, hardships, and it is a process, right? Right. 
But besides that, I think that Kami has something to ask you about exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But before the question, I'd like to say something. I'm crazy about Tam's work, what she does with all teachers. I'm also her student. Mm. <laughs> I love to take your workshops. Uh, I started teaching online last year because of you. You helped me a lot. Oh, thank you. Uh, I used to follow. I used. I used to follow. No, I still follow your Instagram account, and it helped me a lot with so many tips you've given. And then I saw a workshop, and then I decided to study with you. And since then, I met Josie, and then I met Tati, and then we are here all four together. So it's a big pleasure. For me. Isn't it great Being to meet people you. that you, you wouldn't have met if you mm -hmm. weren't? That's it. And that's because of all of our work. And my question is about it, exactly about it. How do you deal with teachers? How did you start teaching teachers? I started in, in 2019. 2019, no, 2018 was my first workshop for teachers. Uh, I decided to send a Brustiso proposal because back in 2016... Two years after you started. Sorry. Wow. Yes. You are bold. What happened was I, I was really shy. Really, really shy. Um, all of the imposter syndrome package, you name it. Uh, I used to have it and then I still have some. I need to be really clear, <laughs> you know, really transparent above board with you. And then one way for me to confront my fear of speaking in public was to send a proposal to Bristol to present about my work. So in 2019, I presented in May. So back in May, I had a workshop. It was not specifically about online teaching, but it was about online tools to teach uh, teenagers, young adults. The name of the workshop was Turn It Offline. So how to use technology, but not necessarily use, um, no, it uh, posting on social media. So it, it was, it, there were some tips on how to deal with the cell phone use in the classroom. Because I, I used to work for this school in some Paulo. And then they encouraged us to present to other teachers. It was my first training. And because of this uh, training session, we were invited, uh, my friend and I, because we used to, to work together, we were invited to present uh, in Minas Gerais. And then in Minas Gerais in 2018 was my second workshop for teachers. In there, I presented a workshop about online tools and one about growth and fixed mindset was this, how to how we can apply some of uh, Carol's Dweck uh, principles inside the classroom. That's how I started. And then the feedback was positive. And then I, I felt that this would be a nice way for me to battle this fear, to confront this fear. And that's how I started. So then I started studying a bit more about uh, teachers, uh, how to develop workshops and how to design workshops for teachers. And then in 2019, it was my first solo presentation at Brustiso because um, before that I had presented with a friend of mine so I, I had a person to you know have my back there so but then in 2019 uh, I was a solo presentation it was in Ribeirão Preto and then I traveled to Ribeirão and then there I was talking about online teaching so it was a workshop about establishing connections so it was way before the pandemic it was in May 2019 so then people started following me more And then I decided to take more courses because teacher education is something really serious. Because things that we say and um, maybe our tips, if they do not reflect in some kind of study, some theory, and we might, you know, 
not help these teachers that are there with us. So that's how I started. And then um, I do love teaching my students. Sometimes I would say teaching teachers is way more challenging because um, we know that there is a responsibility involved. But I really like it. I feel that I have found something that I I look forward to doing, delivering workshops, um, writing about my work. It is hard to strike a balance because sometimes um, because some teachers are needy, they do not know how to ask some questions. They Maybe they do not know how to filter a little bit. So sometimes I receive messages at 11 p.m. or very early in the morning. I'm a morning person, you know that <laughs> I'm a morning person. But at times I feel that because of this contact and social media, people feel so close to me that it, sometimes they forget some small courtesies such as hello, hi, good morning. It's like a, they order something and then we deliver. But I don't believe it is just a, a, just a problem with teachers. I believe that our society nowadays, that's the way that technology has shaped their mindset. So sometimes I receive some requests. Ah, Sammy, why don't you record a video about this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Yeah, and our students as well. I don't know if you struggle with that because sometimes you should say demand something from us that that's not a delivery, right? That's not iFood, Uber Eats. <laughs> uh -huh. So it is challenging, but I, I like the thrill of it. But at the same time, you talked about courtesy. I was one of the people that followed you since the beginning. And I saw how super fast you went up and you were looked after and, and people wanted to get to know you more and so on. And you were always so nice answering. Oh, you. <laughs> even, even when I didn't have your contact, you always answered me and other people that I know in Instagram, you gave tips, you, ha you, you had the most patient and therefore we are very thankful. I think that when we are, when we are in a career like this, uh, for me, you're babies, right? Uh, <laughs> but there was a time that people that were in a certain uh, level of like uh, being famous, they, they wouldn't talk to other teachers. They wouldn't, it was like a star position, you know, like a movie thing. And, and, and I think the pandemic put this down a lot because we showed the best human side possible in giving hands to someone that is asking for help, that is going down without students. What can I do to get better? And, and this is very important. And you have helped a lot. At least the three of us, we are unanimous. Oh, thank you. That. Mm -hmm. And other friends of mine, too. That uh, I feel really happy about it because then there was a time, girls, that I felt like giving up on Instagram because I felt like helping people, but I felt so drained that I needed to take a break from it. So from time to time, I would look at my social media because I felt like I was about to get sick. You know, it is something that really uh, impacted me because I felt like I was helping people, but it's not that nobody was helping me because by helping others, you feel that you feel fulfilled and all. But I felt like, you know, my energy was drained. So then I stopped a little bit. I tried to reassess the way that I was dealing with social media, my relationship with Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. But and I decided to cut a bit. It is a, it is a necessary. Uh, why am I connecting audio? Jesus Christ! No, mm. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll leave the meeting. 
I mean, this is my fat finger working, okay? <laughs> I was not doing something wrong. I was looking for the document that was sent oh, to me just on. now by Josie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Uh, my next question is exactly about this support that you give to teachers that are starting their careers or teachers that are good teachers that are mentors in the case of Kami, for example but we we don't know everything from everything so even i took courses with you too and josie too so maybe one day you take our course too so it's it's a, a changing of information and how do you help uh teachers that come and look for you like they call you and say look Tommy, i am in this this situation right now I lost some students. I don't know how to act, what to do. How do you like guide them through the, the right way? Um, I decided to, to study a bit more about uh, how to help teachers and all, how to design courses for them. When And, and then I decided to take this uh, step into advertising my mentoring program. I started uh, offering some mentoring in groups. I'm not sure if I did the right move back then because it was more like a training session than a mentoring. Then while I was designing the courses and all, I felt that maybe the mentoring that I would like to offer would be better taken privately. So that's why I stopped advertising the groups that I had uh, because I felt that being a mentor goes beyond just the training the person. You needed to assess the person's um, areas for improvement, uh, great areas and all. When teachers, they come to me, I schedule some talk because now my mentoring program, it is taken individually. The, the groups that I, I usually teach, they are called the training sessions or training initiatives that I have. And then I try to assess if the person really needs my mentoring, because sometimes they don't. I'm really above board. I'm not going to say that you need to buy this. You needed to tell me what your needs are. And then together we decide what kind of program you need. Because I hate the idea of making people... Me, not waste their money, but you know, people they come with a very high you know, hopes and expectations when they come to me. For instance, there was a teacher, she said, Oh, Tammy, I'm crazy because I would like to get more students. I don't know how to set up my Instagram and all. And then I told her, Maybe my mentoring program won't help you because my mentoring program is more, you know, focused on tools, how to design writing lessons, how to work with the skills. Maybe it would benefit more from a mentoring program focused on social media, for instance, for Instagram, right? So then because people, they, they see me there, they believe that I know lots of about social media, how to manage this and that. And then I don't, I study a lot about this, but then I would prefer my mentoring to be focused on areas for teaching. So novice teachers, they come to me and then uh, we design a mentoring program for them. I've got the three models of this mentoring program. One for um, designing, uh, actually, for, actually, this one, the first one, it, it's more aimed at working with the tools if you don't know how to work with them, how to establish error correction um, rituals with your students, how to give feedback. There are seven sessions for this first mentoring program. The other one is more about the business, how to set up your, your online business from scratch. And the third one are just sessions for teachers who would like just to have a quick chat with me. Oh. So that's what I offer, but I don't offer um, much guidance on... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on social media. 
for example. So I believe that there are other kinds of mentoring programs focused on uh, prospecting more students. I, I give some guidance. I tell them what I have done. But my aim would be more about their professional development rather than the business side of it. So um, we can talk about uh, how to charge students, but that's not my, my expertise. Because I do have somebody who helped me with my prices and all. So we need to really focus on different areas. I don't feel comfortable talking about, ah, oh, you should charge this much, for example. I give my point of view and then I talk about the market because I get in touch with lots of teachers. So I know, ah, some teachers charge this, some teachers charge that. But then the business side of it, what I can help is how to set up workshops for students, to prospect more students, how to sell your, your course. But my aim wouldn't be to teach people how to make more money. I hate this, this chunk. Oh, how can you make more money? And all. I feel it's for me, no, at least for me, I wouldn't feel that I would be myself doing so. Like uh, four tips for you to make more money. I don't like this kind of speech. You see, I would give four tips for you to feel better as a teacher or to, be to prepare better sessions or to um, feel more confident using these and that tool, for instance. More or less like the psychologist does. The psychologist <laughs> never gives you the answer and never, never mm -hmm. says, do this. Never, ever. They just guide mm -hmm. And then when I feel the teachers, they come with this kind of expectation, I say, listen, I don't think that my mentoring program would help you with oh. this. Yeah, and then they oh. usually take uh, maybe, and then I refer some of my friends that to do this job. They teach you how to make more money. It's, 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 okay, it's okay for them to, to advertise like this. But I know that most of the friends that I usually recommend, they don't have this speech. <laughs> But I tell them, uh, listen, maybe this person can guide you to make better choices when it comes to charging students, for example. Uh, this is funny, Tammy. Uh, before my question, I would like to say that you are very inspiration for me because uh, mm -hmm. everything that I learned from teaching online, it comes from you too. So uh, I took some workshops you. and also the mentoring last year. It was amazing mm -hmm. too. And then of course, this engage like our services too, like coming to Uh, giving workshop for the teachers because I used to have the syndrome imposter very strong in me and then I, I didn't believe myself that I could share other things to teachers and I have my mentoring programs as individual too because I learned this from Karen because Karen uh, told me okay mentoring is not for groups it's for just one person so and then that's why I advertise this too and then I have I think five five teachers with me uh, mentoring mm -hmm. this guidance because they want to press five they want to work with Google tools and then mm -hmm. sometimes organize the drive this is something that is very very funny because they want to organize their drive and then I can help them mm -hmm. <laughs> very oh Josie yes <laughs> That's great. So and then um and then mention about the error correction that you mentioned in uh, in your your speaking now. Uh, how do you evaluate students? It means like the feedback, correcting. How do you do that? How do you manage? Mm -hmm. Josie, um the first time that I got in touch with feedback tools and all, it was when I started working for a school here in Osasco in 2014. 
why I I say that it was the first time because before that I used to work for for a nice school here in Osasco as well but they didn't have this routine of providing students with feedback or any sense of achievement or sense of progress tools and then I was impressed that we would be able to tell the students listen you are not performing well here maybe you should do this and that so I fell in love um, uh, with the feedback tools then in 2015, I oh, I accepted another job offer. And then I started working for this other school that they had a very well-organized way to provide students with feedback. And then when I decided to you know, put together my own business, I decided to establish these um, routines of feedback. So whenever I put together a session for the students, they have a feedback slot. So I make sure that every lesson I write at least something for them to think about. So I usually work with the two kinds of feedback. I usually work with feedback on the spot. So depending on the moment of the lesson, I might correct them on the spot. So depending on the lesson objective, if I'm working on speaking skills, they would need to be a bit. Actually, I would need to hand it over to students more so then you can see their production. But on the moment that the practice is really controlled, I might provide them with this feedback on the spot. Later on, I usually take notes during the lesson, either on paper or just there on Google Slides, and, or I open a Google Doc page, and then I provide students with a delayed correction. What made me uh, actually choose the feedback moments was because some of my students, they don't have time to do homework. I believe this is a general complaint. So then I tell them, listen, if you don't have time to complete your piece of homework for next class, take a look at the feedback moments that I provided you with. So when they come back to their slides, they can take a look at the feedback that I had included. So this is a way for me to get them more engaged with the slides that I prepared and all. And then, so this is what I do during class. For some students, uh, depending on their levels, we have some presentations that they usually organize, and then we work on the genre of presentation, what we needed to include. And then when they are presenting, I have a feedback form for them where I usually analyze the great use of language, focus on pronunciation, uh, lexical choices as well. I don't include this name, lexical choices, but I included for them vocabulary or some students I include use of English. And then I teach them when I'm correcting, when you receive feedback on use of English, I'm going to be correcting vocabulary and grammar. When I correct a pronunciation, I'm going to be assessing if your pronunciation was intelligible or if your pronunciation didn't hinder communication. That's what I usually include. But then I don't feel this with much information because otherwise you're going to be really demotivated, right? So then I focus. So for this level, for this A1 student, it would be interesting or it would be important for them to receive feedback on the use of simple present. Or it would be important for them to receive feedback on the use of discourse markers, very simple discourse markers, for instance. And but all of my choice... student, right? It also depends yes. on what the student's aim is, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. If it is a B2 student, what should I correct? Should I correct on the use of... 
verb tenses, conditionals. So all of the choices and this, I, I needed to have this anticipated because I need to know what the level requires. Otherwise, I'll be correcting lots of things for, the, for an A1 student and the person would get really demotivated. So firstly, I decided to study very well what an A1 student needs to know, an A2 student, B1, B2. Then after that, I can include more, you know, <laughs> informed after these informed decisions that I had taken I go there and then I write the feedback because I've been doing this for a while now it's easier for me but before that I had the CFR on the wall and I used to take notes about many uh, many things so students when they receive when they get the feedback I try to focus on key points for them Yeah. Something that we're going to be working on. So that's what they receive. And by the end of the course or in the middle of the semester, they receive a feedback slide. So they, and then they have the same areas, focus on pronunciation, uh, areas for improvement, and then they receive a thorough feedback. So I include some comments and then I ask them, do you, how do you feel about these? How do you feel about that? They don't have tests with me. So everything that we do here is going to add to their progress. So sometimes we have some quizzes, they see a final score, but this, not, this is not going to, you know, impact their overall production. So well, some feedback, but the feedback works like a big test because they can yes. see the improvement, right? So feedback exactly. is a lot better, in my opinion, than a real quiz or test, because you never know at that day of the test, how the person is feeling, if, if the person is having a birth mm -hmm. problem. So the feedback... And then when you get late feedbacks and you put together with the ones of now, you can compare. Oh, yeah, I'm doing better now. Look what I could yes. do when I was B2 and look what I'm doing now and that I am a C1. So mm -hmm. way to go. Very good. Congrats. That's nice. Thank That's you. Very, very way to evaluate your students. Very way. Josie, you have one more question, don't you? Ah, yes, I do. Um, and then tell, tell us how have you been developing as a teacher? Words are not enough to say. <laughs> Just to give a little taste to our, oh, our, our audience because, Josie. Some right, mm -hmm. because some people follow you as a guidance. As a reference, like entrepreneur, uh, you you mentioned that you you battled the the imposter syndrome. Uh, it was something that I thought that it would never go away. Um, it comes back and forth, I would say. <laughs> It's here and there, but um, being a, a, a solo teacher or being a private teacher has helped me a lot. I feel much more stretched nowadays that I I have to design the classes and all that. I'm in charge of my professional development because back then when I had this coordinator when I had this manager they used to make the choices for me they would say Tammy this semester we've got lots of young learners you were going to teach them I loved teaching young learners to be really honest uh, in 20, 2012 it was the first year that I started uh, that I that I taught young learners for real that I had lots of groups that I needed to study about it. Then I took some courses at USP because I don't have a teaching license because I decided to decline it. 
I regret, I do regret, but back then I thought it was uh, the important choice for me. And then I took some courses at FAF USP. It's like um, uh, they provide teachers with some courses. And then I studied some courses about early ages there, how to teach three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot easier than teaching adults. No, no way, Jose. I don't think no way. I had no way, way Jose. No I way. No way. Here, here. But I took this course, Jose, not because I wanted to take them, because my coordinator encouraged me to. And then I was always this kind of person. Let's do it. I can do this course. I can, you know, help you with the students. I, I, I really liked working for school. I felt that I was there in this group. And then I took many courses, not because I wanted, but because my coordinators wanted. And then when I became a solo teacher, I freaked out because I thought this is the first time I'm in charge of these choices. I'm going to decide what I want to study. I'm going to decide when, how... The courses, uh, when I go to a conference, I don't have to tell my coordinator the, the lectures I'm attending. I can make the choices. I felt it was great, but at the same time, I was really scared. So what did I do? I took many courses at once. Have I taken benefit from them? Some courses I, I, I took uh, because the others, I was just there just taking courses and taking courses. And then the self-reflection moment was not there, was not present. Sometimes I found notes from some courses that I took. Some of them are here. And then I don't recall having taken these courses. And there, this was a red flag for me in 2020, because in 2019, I took many courses, I delivered many workshops, I studied a lot. In 2020, I was going to you know, keep the same pace, but I couldn't, because the online exposure um, actually maximized how tired I was. <laughs> so I decided to take a break from some courses. And then I decided to study the notes that I had here because I believe that the self-reflection moment and sharing with peers, sometimes it's way better to talk to a peer or to share problems than taking a course. Honestly, because if you are, if you take many courses, if you don't have this time to just to organize your ideas, to take some notes, to revisit your notes, the course will be just there, a certificate, you see. So then I decided to take a break from some courses. And so then in 2020, in the first part of the semester, I took many courses. And then in July, I was on the verge of a burnout in 2020. And then I decided to stop. And then I stopped some courses that I was taking. And then... I came back to taking courses made this year. So then I took a train to trainer from Cambridge and now I'm taking Troika trainers uh, because I'm this year I'm focused on training teachers. So but this I is saw mm -hmm. you in a picture with Pantoja. Uh, mm. I think you're doing Delta. So uh, mm -mm. Yes, there, that's it. That's it. And then I started studying for Delta gotcha. in 2019. 
in 2019, uh, in November, I had a group. I used to go there presentially. So I was highly motivated. I was, you know, it was the day of the week that I was looking forward to, you know, taking the, the train because I live just right across the train station. So then I don't need to drive to Troika. I was highly motivated, but then the pandemic came and everything that I was doing there presentially came to the online world. Girls, I used to spend whole day teaching. I didn't want to sit again in front of a computer to take a course that was so pleasurable for me. Then I quit. I quit and I stopped. So then I said, no, I'm, I can't, no, no, too much on my plate. I'm not going to be able. And then I decided to start to study on my own. So then I'm, I'm just, uh, no, having my own pace for that. I met Sergio. We had a mentoring session. He helped me. Um, he gave me some suggestions. So then from time to time, I'm going to meet him. He's going to be my mentor for that. But it requires a great deal of um, you know, reading. You need to take mock tests. And, I think um, you, need to be, you need to be retired when you take the test. Oh, <laughs> I believe it will happen when I retire because the workload, it is it's it's tough. Eitan, it is. Since your career has been like, and then sometimes you give it a stop, you take a breath, and then you continue. Mm -hmm. What would the tummy of today tell the tummy of the beginning? Which part would you say, no, baby, come here, sit down. Let me tell you something about this. <laughs> well, in 2016, I broke up uh, with my, with a boyfriend that I had. Uh, back then, I used to date boys, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, we were together for five years, for almost five years, we were know about getting engaged yeah it was something huge that happened to me and then i felt like giving up on many things that's when i gave up on my teaching license at usp i was really tired i couldn't handle and then i i dropped out i didn't even tell teachers that i was undergoing things and all and because of that i can't go back now I tried coming back to my teaching license last year, but they say, Tammy, you haven't said anything. So then we considered that you, you wouldn't want to keep your studies. So then... You have to do it again and eliminate some uh, subjects that you have already done. I have to take full pass again for letters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh and then oh start my, my teaching license again. Yes, yes. And I don't think this is a plan for 2022 or 2023, but I regret. So maybe I would have told Tammy in the past, come on, girl, this is going to be just a semester. Go there, talk to your teachers. Don't be afraid of showing that you are vulnerable. Everybody has, you know, had bad moments because I used to push myself too hard uh -huh. to be a good student, to be a good daughter, to be a good granddaughter, a good employee and all. So I believe that um, I should have taken, you know, easier. I should have taken more deep breaths and uh, life went on. I survived. Okay. So this is my, my regret. I would say that connections with people, they are way more important than certificates. Because um, my focus was I needed to have the certificate. I needed to finish. Uh, I need to graduate. And then I was so eager to graduate that I missed 
some opportunities of maybe getting to know better my classmates uh, from university or getting to know my teachers as well because I was there because I thought that I want I needed to be there just to you know study take tests and go away and I believe that I missed I missed some part of my you know university life because of it and because I had this boyfriend he didn't see it the same way as I did He thought that ah, as soon as you finish, as soon as you graduate, we're going to get married. That's when and where our relationship started, you know, mining a little bit. And I, I suffered a lot. I suffered because he didn't support me the much as I supported him. So some moments that I needed to take a break or study, uh, he didn't respect that. Not at all. He thought that the weekends were meant to be with just a family and all. So it was really hard for me because during the week I had to study until late. So for the weekend, I would be free to stay with him. Mm -hmm. yes. And we teachers work the whole week to have the weekends off to study some more. <laughs> yes, you know, whoever is with us needs That's to do that. And yes, I didn't want to be a doctor because I didn't want this life. And now look at me, right? But, anyways, we're here already. <laughs> <laughs> I am the monster of the teachers here because I am the one who has the clock tick tac tick tac and saying it's time <laughs> to let go Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, it is a pleasure to get to know so many things. We learn a lot with you, especially that we cannot judge. We have to understand the timing of people uh, in terms of giving feedback. Your words were super enlightening because I think that lots of teachers don't give feedback. They just keep like a machine, giving classes, giving classes, giving classes. And is your student happy? Do you know how he feels? So all what you said is super important. We from Passionate Teachers are even more passionate now, really. And we thank you so much for your time and being here on a Saturday. Ah, thank you. We send kisses to your to your uh, girlfriend and, and we say thanks for her to, to cope with this moment we we have stolen you from your weekend and and I'm honest when I say that the three of us are nervous to talk to you today because we admire you so much that we are like I'm so happy to be here girl thank uh -huh. you so much for giving me the opportunity it's because you you as you as you just talked here you have a story you have a life story and your story is involved with teaching So you are a human being, you also a teacher, you also a mentoring, a mentor, sorry, and that's what the people want to listen to. That we are good professionals, but also we are humans. We have problems oh, and we face many things. And you are a person that exposure this. True. Yes. Thank you so much. So with no further blah blah from us because we could stay, <laughs> stay a long time but you know our listeners they they need a timing hmm? and i am always the bad person the next time can you josie do the the honors of cutting the the person that talks please or you <laughs> ah, i am in a bad situation 
Thank you so much, Tammy. Thank you, Josie. Thank you, Zabamilia. Thank you, Zabamilia. Thank you. 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 Thank you.